welcome to another episode of Stanford Cinema. As always, I'm your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this latest episode. And fun fact, the episode you're about to hear was recorded late last year, but unfortunately, it was never released. It was supposed to be part of kind of like this TV series block that I was going to be doing. And the, uh, the episode we're going to do is based on the staircase, uh, the staircase, which is a a mini series. It's available on HBO Max, but it's based on a true crime uh, case, which you can find out all the information by simply by Googling or looking at my show notes. It's also uh, the the original the original true crime uh, documentary, if you will, is available on Netflix. Again, it's called the the staircase, and the guests that we're going to have today to walk us through it is Marlene Sharp. And this is so much fun. I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, a little bit about Marlene. And granted, I'm, I this isn't my bio. This is one that I'm, I'm kind of uh, stealing from the internet. But Marlene is a creative and business savvy entertainment multi-hyphenate who originally hails from New Orleans, but is now a San Fernando, San Fernando Valley girl. So without further ado, let's get into talking about The Staircase with Marlene. Marlene, again, thank you. Thank you very much for, for being on the podcast. How are you? Well, I'm much better now. It was a tough day in cartoon land. I, I cannot lie. I cannot tell a lie. Uh, I usually work all day, every day in boys action cartoons, and um, it's not always easy. So it's such a pleasure to get to talk about something hardcore and meaningful. I am so excited. So my day instantly got better. Well, I'm, I'm sure there are many people that would that would make the argument that cartoons and boys cartoons. I mean, it's very, very mean, meaningful to them as well. Oh, no doubt. I, in fact, I, I might know all of them because they frequently find me on my social media and <laughs> elsewhere. And I have uh, lots and lots of boyfriends, you could say, but not necessarily. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're boyfriends, but not boyfriends <laughs> with right. the word smashed together. <laughs> sure. And uh, just for clarification for the listeners, can you be a little bit more specific, you know, at what it is that you do? Yeah. So I am a multi-hyphenate is, is what the folks call themselves who do such things here in, in Hollywood. And I am a producer, writer, creative executive, yeah, I guess that's about it. Um, I, I th- those are the those are the main main things: producer, writer, creative, executive. And I have my own company, which is called Pink Poodle Productions. The mascot of which we might hear in the interview. <laughs> her name is Blanche, and she's right here. She got groomed today, so she's all ready for her close up. Just FYI, is that and, a Golden uh, Girls reference for Blanche or? No, it's a streetcar named Desire oh, reference. I mean, that makes far more sense. But actually, Golden Girls is a streetcar named Desire reference. So it's all it's all the same. It's all it's, the same. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. She is my golden girl. And when you see her, you'll understand. <laughs> I'm sure she'll make an appearance. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I have my own company. And then I uh, I actually work full-time for another company called Rainshine Entertainment. And I have a title within Rainshine, which is head of IP strategy and acquisitions, which means I am a scout for talent, talent 
that creates intellectual properties that we can come on board and turn into screen entertainment. <clears throat> so I'm working on a film trilogy right now that's based on a book series and it's called Young Captain Nemo, the boys action, very on brand for me because I have a background in Sonic the Hedgehog and Power Rangers and uh, Yokai Watch in the Zumo 11. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the greats of cartoon history, especially Japanese animation that's been adapted for global audiences. So, but that is not my preference as a consumer. My preference as a consumer <laughs> is the staircase <laughs> and stuff like it. So God bless you for watching that whole marathon. I, I'm sorry to do that to you, but I'm so glad that you were game for it. <laughs> no, uh, no apologies necessary. And what a fun segue. I know a lot of people want to be like, well, let's talk a little bit about Sonic the Hedgehog, but time is precious. Um, maybe there's a conversation to to get in there and, you know, maybe maybe we can casually segue into it and everything. But yeah, I guess. Fuck it. You, you brought you, I mean, <laughs> if you bring up the staircase then we might as well get into it, because this is one of the the biggest cases at least uh i don't know like i'm, I'm trying to think like when this case broke I, I had to go back into my memory and it came around the same time now i, I know it preceded it but this was like early 2000s and my brain was so wrapped up into like the scott peterson like trial what was what was going on out in california now this is obviously about michael peterson and i also like remember then when all this was going on, I was like hardcore in the like free Winona bit because she had been like arrested for oh. like shoplifting. <laughs> this was all in that like that same time frame. So, yes. And there was another another naughty Peterson named Drew Peterson who killed uh, one, two or three of his wives. who's married like five times or something. And that sort of started to unfold around that time. Yeah, that's another one. It's very confusing. But then once you see the the staircase, once you become familiar with the staircase, it, it all it it's easier to keep it separate because I think the staircase is and that Michael Peterson is far more intriguing than all the other Petersons. Mm -hmm. But I gotta but say not necessarily as a compliment to him. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Now, are you a like a true crime aficionado? You're, oh, yeah, your eyes are popping. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, would you feel comfortable just for those that maybe aren't familiar with the HBO documentary? Well, not documentary, HBO show and the, the Staircase documentary, just giving kind of like a, a brief synopsis without all like the sordid details, but kind of like the, the fundamental what happened. Okay. I am so excited and I'm going to. I'm going to give a disclaimer in the beginning that I'm I'm so excited. I will try to rein it in, but uh, please stop me if I get too long winded because this is like this is like letting a kid loose in a candy store type of thing. So anyway, here goes. So the scare the the staircase is actually, uh, I would say almost thirty plus year saga if you count. Well, no, actually longer than that if you count when events happened all the way up to the present. So it's about a gentleman 
wrote some books. Can't tell you the name of them because I can't remember. But anyway, he uh, that at in the early two thousands that was his claim to fame. He had written some military novels, and um, one night near Christmas time, two thousand one, his wife was found all bloody and dead at the bottom of their staircase in their house, and so this started an odyssey of a trying to find out what happened to her, how she ended up at the bottom of the staircase. But then in the investigation that that ensued, it opened up this whole Pandora's box of Michael Peterson's past. And lo and behold, there was another woman in his past who had died mysteriously at the bottom of a staircase. <clears throat> and so... Anyway, Michael Peterson is charged with a crime for his uh, second wife's murder. And um, at the same time that the trial is going on, there is a French documentary crew that is filming the goings on, mostly from the perspective of Michael Peterson, his defense, his family and so forth. And so that documentary was was cut and pasted and distributed in various formats throughout the years. And then this past spring, I guess it was, is when we saw the staircase, the, narr uh, I, I guess, well, yeah, I guess you could call it narrative nonfiction or docudrama because it's based on the right. events. Um, but it's, it is scripted. It has actors in it. Colin Firth plays Michael Peterson. And the staircase, the HBO staircase from this past year focuses on the do French documentary crew and what happened to them during the filming of the, doc the documentary and then in the years after that. How was that? No, that, that that's perfect. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's, it's complicated, but it's not complicated. It's complicated in the, in the, the sense that we're watching a docudrama about the people that are making the documentary about this case that was going on, right? I mean, that's really what was going on. And with the the case of the HBO show, which I think we're really going to more than anything kind of focus on just with this because of the fact the the talent you mentioned, Colin Firth, but, you know, uh, Tony Collette and uh, Juliette Binoche and Sophie Turner and... Parker Posey, Parker Posey, right? Michael Stahlberg, Stahlberg. Uh, I mean, just ridiculous cast. And I know I'm forgetting other people that are in it. Oh, Sophie, uh, Sophie Turner. Did you say Sophie Turner? I did. Yes. A bunch of people okay. who aren't American playing Americans other yes. than Parker Posey. Right. Like, I think I think English people and Australian people do American better than Americans. I think I just like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am always blown away whenever I hear Tony Collette actually speak because I'm like, oh, my God, she's Australian as it come, you know, but whenever she's whoever she can sound like she's in from Philadelphia in The Sixth Sense. And, you know, you watch her in Hereditary, right. you watch her in this and she's just so, so American, but she's not. And <laughs> same thing with like Colin Firth and uh, and then Sophie, uh, Sophie Turner, who, you know, Sansa Stark, it, it was wild to see her and. Of course, well, Julia Binoche, she can only be French, but she's fantastic at it. But like insane yeah. cast, insane cast. Oh, yeah. The cast is like it's it's an embarrassment of riches. It's just mm 
it's amazing. But they, yeah, they certainly did justice to the story because it's an epic story. So uh, I don't think they could have done on They meaning um, the filmmaker who mm-hmm. I don't know if you Googled him and I'm, his name is escaping me, but um, he has been following this story for a very long time. And he's not even that old. I think he was like a teenager when the crimes happened and he was like obsessed. with. I think he's he's only like in his late 30s now mm. maybe or something. And so but he was obsessed with it and followed this story. And like years ago, he asked Parker Posey to play this role. He said, I'm going to do a movie about Michael Peterson someday and I want you to play Freda Black. The attorney, yeah. the, um, the the deputy DA, I think is right, what her right. mm-hmm. title was for the the first trial. Or I mean, I guess it was the only trial. There were several court proceedings before and after, but there was only really one trial in which he was convicted of the murder. And then various shenanigans happened through the years, and yada yada yada. The Alford plea, and he's out of prison <laughs> right so but anyway yeah so parker posey i saw an interview with her some or maybe i have to tell you i i'm obsessed with the staircase so i've read several <laughs> books about it i've listened to several podcasts about it read articles um pretty much everything you can dig up about the staircase is, is has fascinated me so i forget where i hear certain things so sure. i might I might say that something is from the movie and maybe it's not. So, I mean, I, I, if I was organized, I'd be an authority on the staircase, but instead I'm just like a crazy fan. So there's that's nothing another wrong disclaimer. with that. <laughs> not yet. Like no disclaimer needed. My brain work. I'm like, I'm all over the place all the time. So granted, most of it is usually like facts of like back to the future, but whenever I'm able to like separate that, no coherence whatsoever. I'm I'm a million different places simultaneously. But for somebody that that has done so much research on this case, this documentary, uh, this docudrama, the facts of it, what are like what stands out to you? Because I mean, obviously, this is an important case, and the 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 mystery that that behind that you know everything that because i mean this movie tap like taps into a lot of shit that goes on in the documentary taps into a lot of different like unanswered questions but what are those standout elements of this case that has caused you to go down this this rabbit hole for for so long i don't know um <laughs> and that's a good question uh, because i remember I, I, okay, so I came to the staircase party kind of late. I, I saw it. I saw the the documentary that was filmed in 2004, or, or I guess it was filmed during the trial, so 2002, but came out as an IFC docu-series in 2004, I believe. And then there were new episodes added, and then it went to Netflix in 2020, I think. That's when I became familiar with the staircase didn't know anything about it till then and it kept netflix knows best they kept suggesting it to me and i was just like oh that sounds like such a boring old cliche domestic violence murder like i need i need something more with more pizzazz and razzle dazzle and so 
you know, during the pandemic, I did a lot of streaming. And so I was getting down on my list and I was like, ugh. Well, I keep hearing, you know, I hear whisperings about I, 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 it's in the true crime community. So I felt like I was missing out on something. So I was like, oh, all right, I'll just watch it. OK, Netflix, you wore me down. Yeah, Netflix. <laughs> right back. So, yes, Netflix, Netflix, you got me addicted to your crack. That's what happened. Uh, Netflix. uh they they entangled me in their their web by tempting me with with uh, pr- promotions about the the staircase and so I caved I caved during COVID and there was no looking back I was a maniac after that luckily not a homicidal maniac I was just like a researching <laughs> maniac <laughs> I was a research maniac I I went to Amazon I ordered these books authors i had never heard of or whatever but i was just like if it's about the staircase i'm gonna read it and um so i did that googled myself silly um listened to tons of podcasts about um about the staircase there's a really great one that encapsulates the whole thing it's an episode of a podcast called criminal Mm. and um because one (laughs) there's so many weird facets of the staircase and criminal, I don't know if you're listening to it or if your audience listens to it, but um, it's it takes a lot. They cover a lot of like quirky cases and um, not necessarily the most heinous crimes, but just like something off the beaten path. And it's an anthology series, so they focused on the owl defense. That was their ep- they did like an hour long episode on the owl defense, which is. In a nutshell, Michael Peterson and his his people, starting with one of his neighbors, formulated this theory that his wife might have been attacked by an owl. Mm -hmm, And that's mm -hmm. how she fell to the bottom of the steps. However, I'm going to just interject my commentary here in that if that were to have happened, then there must have been an owl in germany that attacked (laughs) the lady who was his neighbor who also was found dead at the bottom of the stairs wouldn't you say (laughs) i mean it's certainly it's your your logic is sound i (laughs) i i will say here in atlanta and this is that you can you can google this there's this neighborhood and in this really affluent community in atlanta called buckhead and Mm -hmm. There is a famed owl that has terrorized the, the the residents of this community. Apparently, the theory is, and I haven't seen, I haven't haven't read the the aftermath, if you will. But about a year ago, maybe uh, two years ago, and of course, it, that's all relative. If you're listening to this on a podcast, because you be you could be listening to this forty years <laughs> from now, right? But <laughs> when at the time of recording. I, I just I'll go back 2019, 2020, 2021, thereabouts, this neighborhood was being terrorized by, by this owl. And the theory is that the owl had imprinted when it was when it was a young owl on on a human. It had imprinted mm-hmm. and birds essentially mate for life. And what Uh-oh. happens is an owl, well, they'll see somebody, maybe they think it, it's whoever. So they'll swoop down 
and what is a normal human's reaction when they see an owl to like swoop at them, but to like flail their limbs. And of course, mm-hmm. they got these giant fucking talons and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll just claw at you. So people in this neighborhood will walk around with like football helmets on. They'll walk around with what? umbrellas on their head. You can Google this. I am not making this up. So if you're listening to this right now, you can Google like owl and buckhead georgia i wrote it down i'll be googling yeah. later yeah and um so when i was watching like a sane person if they watch this and like fucking owl defense that's insane but for those of us that have heard about what is going on there you like well maybe maybe but to your point it would be far more uh it would hold far more much you know a lot more uh, credibility if that same owl circumstance existed over in germany exactly and guess what this is something that has not been covered or if very minimally but his michael peterson's ex-wife patty the one who's the mother of the the biological mother of todd and the other one uh forgot (laughs) his name um so so they they are divorced and then kathleen is the second wife who was the the victim in this trial and all the goings on covering being covered in the documentary well patty the first wife died last year she was living Mm. with michael peterson and she died of air quotes here people (laughs) natural causes and she had t- nothing that I read about online indicated that she um, had any chronic illness or COVID or anything like that. All I've been able to find is that she died of natural causes. She was living with him. She was 78 years old, I think. Um, but uh, come on, like that's the third woman in his life that he's been close to that that he's well. The, the first lady in Germany, he wasn't necessarily cohabitating with her, but there was some question about their their relationship and what that was. Um, but still, I mean, I want to investigate like like me as a, an aspiring web sleuth. I want to investigate <laughs> the death of the of Patty, the one who died like last year because right. first of all what was she thinking living with him again i mean like she knew she she knew his past even though she stuck by him and whatnot but still i mean even even if he was totally innocent he was kind of a jerk i right. mean like even even if he's totally innocent uh, i would feel terrible for him for suffering in prison all those years but i don't know that i'd want to be like friendly with them certainly wouldn't want to live with them he's kind of a diva um so why would his wife be doing that i don't know but or his ex-wife but she did it and then look what happened she's gone so to summarize it's a little confusing so he only actually had to my knowledge two wives two wives and a partner well So the first lady who died wasn't a, officially a partner there. That's some, one of the unanswered questions. Mm. So she was a neighbor of theirs in Germany and she, she was married and had two little girls. 
who oh, are the right. girls okay. that's right that yep. he adopted mm-hmm. and so what happened was uh the peterson family was very very good friends with the ratliff family mm-hmm. and um so the father of the ratliff family also died under mysterious circumstances he he was died in some kind of weird top secret military exercise not a lot of information about that out there because believe me i've looked and um so he died under mysterious circumstances but it i think outside of germany he was on some kind of like it it was some kind of like special ops kind of a deal Mm -hmm. Uh, i think he worked for the american government and he was a covert uh you know spy or something which is also just weird but anyway he was he he was killed on this secret mission so the the poor lady um oh golly now i'm forgetting her name the 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 martha and margaret's mother but anyway the that lady was never officially like a girlfriend of michael peterson they were friendly and supposedly he spent a lot of time with her and the two little girls after her husband died and then only like a year and a half after her husband died she turned up dead at the bottom of the staircase in her Mm -hmm. house and Mm -hmm. michael peterson was the last person to see her alive he they had been visiting the night before and he had walked her home i think her and little girl's home or something like that and then next morning she that's when she died and so um so there there was a an inquest in germany and it was determined that she died of i think an aneurysm but then her body was exhumed during the trial of kathleen who is michael peterson's second wife I, yeah, who, because who, who authorized that the uh, <laughs> the exhuming of of her the daughters margaret <laughs> and martha yes mm-hmm. the daughters the daughters authorized it but supposedly under duress they it, if you if if you are to believe the hbo documentary they didn't really want to do it but they were pressured into it in order because they thought it would exonerate their dad potentially like, Oh, we're going to find out that there was nothing wrong. Like that autopsy was a hundred percent legit. Our mom died of an aneurysm. You know, everybody will stop drawing parallels between the two staircase deaths and then we'll be done with it. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening was, um, the other lady's, uh, body was exhumed and then, she was buried in the U.S. She was buried in Texas, I think. And and then they transported her body to North Carolina because this, this is where um, Kathleen died, was in North Carolina. Drove her over there, drove her body over there, did another autopsy. And the, the um, examiner determined that she it wasn't uh, an aneurysm, that it was blunt force trauma. And she had the same markings mm-hmm. on her head that kathleen michael peterson's second wife had now when uh margaret and martha's mother died at the bottom of the stairs michael peterson was married to patty the mother of todd and the other kid Mm -hmm. and um so so it's been 
put out there for debate was he having a relationship with this other lady and pushed her down the stairs or like they just get in some kind of fight or like he because I think he he ended up having like power of attorney or something like when her husband died she did let Michael Peterson into her life more like I guess you know being distraught or whatever and he he was very helpful to her I guess in a lot of ways so um so when she died um she actually in her will and testament wanted michael to adopt those two little girls like Mm -hmm. that rather than go and and with somebody in her biological family she wanted them specifically to go with michael but then where it gets even more confusing is that so michael was married to patty but then this other lady died at the bottom of the staircase in germany then michael and patty got divorced and michael married kathleen and Kathleen died at the bottom of the stairs. Michael spent all these years in prison. Then he gets out and Patty moves in with him again. Patty, mm-hmm. the wife that he divorced, like <clears throat> in the eighties, I think in the late eighties. So um, there's so many twists and turns. That's and another thing. That, yeah, and now she's dead. <laughs> so the three most important women in his life are all dead. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So like the owl defense would be plausible if only one lady had died, <laughs> but three of them have died. <laughs> Marlene, are you insinuating and implying that you don't that you you don't think his uh that you know his defense holds much water? Are you saying that you think he did it? I am saying it. I'm not implying it. I am saying he did it. He did it. It's so freaking obvious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Marlene, yeah, no, please. Oh, I was just going to say, but that being said, I, my heart breaks for the family. And yeah. I totally understand why those precious girls and the two sons and, and pretty much everybody, they, they, in order to carry on, they need to believe that he's innocent. I mean, my God, like what they 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 this situation requires the most extraordinary of coping skills right and so uh, either they would go crazy or they need to believe that he's innocent i feel those are the sadly their only choices and so um yeah i know they've stuck by him um which in a way is kind of good for us the public who like to track this story because there is a documentary coming out by Michael Peterson and Margaret. Well, there's is, another documentary coming out. Yes. Jesus okay. Christ. It, okay. it already came out. Okay. It's not. We can't watch it yet because it only just screened at the Tribeca Film oh, Festival. Okay. Okay. So screened at Tribeca. Margaret is a filmmaker, and so she. The, of course, this is like her whole life. I mean, she's been in Hollywood for several years doing this this and that and production and development but of course the staircase has like taken over her life and understandably so so she made a documentary about the depiction of real people in documentary so it's a very like self-reflexive kind of very meta take on what happens when real people are portrayed in true crime documentaries or docu-series or 
podcast or whatever. And so, so, um, what I've heard is that she and her, her adoptive dad, Michael are very much, uh, advocates of the, the subjects of these documentaries and how oftentimes they're taken advantage of and their stories are told and they don't get any compensation necessarily. And to me, I kind of sense that that's the big gripe that mm-hmm. they don't get any compensation, which is, is a significant gripe. I mean, money was certainly an issue for Michael Peterson. I mean, he, I think lost everything. He was declared indigent by the, the courts. He lost everything in the course of his defense. Mm-hmm. And, um, how, how nice it would have been for him to get a big check to tell his story. And now that he's out of prison, I think he could profit for it. I don't know. I don't know the legalities of that. I, just think I don't think he's he was profiting even... in any capacity on yeah, anything I don't to think do he with is. it. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not. Other, Nor should but he, other people, quite frankly. Exactly, exactly. No, granted, but, you know, with the with the case of the trial, he I mean, he served time. He served a lot of time. Now, he, mm-hmm. of course, he's out. And, um, you know, it, this and I, I apologize for uh, for kind of like interjecting, but I think of this case and I think of, uh, oh, my God, the um, the the guy from like the the real estate guy in New York. They did the jinx Durst. document. Robert yeah. Durst. Robert Durst. Another Durst, obsession. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, that might be another fun. I might have to bring you on to cover the jinx because that is also just pure insanity. I'm not a biggest like true crime person, but these cases are fascinating in the way that they they kind of linger and you just see people that have money. They'll obviously some people, you know, they they lose money, but you see the these the, these cases of what to do well-established financially people that do horrible shit and then the 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 trials that uh that kind of like follow them from the horrible shit that they obviously do i think we're <laughs> i think we're in agreement that and, and it's a fascinating thing that you know uh murder's bad but it, it's amazing how those with money can still find a way to get away with it. And I I mean, and Peterson, he's not exclusive and, you know, uh, Durst isn't, uh, you know, uh, separate from it. I mean, we've had celebrities. I mean, this, our entire judicial system is fucked and, uh, but, (laughs) but it, it still makes for fascinating conversation pieces. You can't help, but, I don't even know. It's not even empathize. You, you sympathize for the the family members. You, you feel bad for them. I mean, you just feel bad for like their their drama and their turmoil and their tragedy is our entertainment, you know, and yeah. it's fucked up. Um, but there isn't a matter of empathy in the, in the sense that we we do want proper justice, you know, like we, we yes. do take. So there is a, this weird kind of like uh two sides of a coin where we we feel bad but also we do empathize that we do we do want to see bad punished you know exactly that's that i think you nailed it there is something so satisfying in in seeing justice served or at least the pursuit of justice like when it's just an unsolved crime like i like unsolved mysteries the the show but i find myself like 
I'm so agitated at the end of every episode because every episode is a cliffhanger and um, I, it makes me all riled up. The dog starts barking <laughs> all riled up. And, and I, I like that, like the entertainment part for me is at least some form of justice. Even if, if something is about to go to trial, it's better than nothing in, yep. in, in my opinion. And also another thing that's, disappointing but sadly a part of our justice system is the whole like wrongful conviction i mm. can't stand that oh my god to to think that like somebody went to prison all this time and then really somebody else was uh, uh, um guilty of a crime it's just it just so heart-wrenching i i like it all nice and neat and tied up in a bow and like yes there's no doubt that this stinker did it and he or she is in jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that that is the most satisfying part. And that's that's where where it's entertaining for me. And I don't feel as guilty for being entertained by it. <laughs> Whereas if it's just like some, you know, some kind of agonizing thing, like a kidnapped child who's never been found and 50 years have passed or whatever, like that makes me want to kill myself. It's mm -hmm. so depressing. Mm -hmm. But man, to see to see like my i have to say my favorites are like these rich arrogant bully white guys who get their comeuppance oh i can watch that all day long <laughs> <laughs> and i'm white mm -hmm. but i've mm -hmm. been bullied by a lot of white guys and a lot of a lot of white women too for that matter i i have been the target of bullying for a, a good bit of my life which I think is another reason Ooh, why. Are they? Tell me. I'll take care of it. Tell me now. No. Well, it goes way, way back. <laughs> but thank you. Noted. Noted. Yes, <laughs> you might yes. get a call. Yeah. But, um, but All I five, think nine of me ready to rumble, you know. <laughs> I, I bet you could you could take someone on with your words, though. I bet your I, words I, I, are, I might. I might. I, you never are know. very fierce. Yes. <laughs> Marlene, this has been so yeah. much fun chatting with you about about this case. And, you know, like I said, at the at the outset, I vaguely remember this. I, I But I they're just kind of like all jumbled between this and Scott Peterson. And then <laughs> and uh, which, by the way, that was a crazy freaking uh, trial in itself. But yes, yes, because um, I hadn't I hadn't seen the documentary and just like you're like, oh, my God you need to watch this and just went down the, the rabbit hole of this entire uh, this oh, entire did? case you did I've the seen whole monty of the like, staircase wow yeah. oh my yeah. goodness i mean so far I more far more to cover than you know in this 45 50 minute you know conversation but there there's so much to unpack and i know there's so many great like true crime like podcasts you mentioned the one that you referenced Obviously, there's my favorite murder and all these people that do such a great job at it. Shit, even like uh, reality shows like um, Snapped, you know, all great, mm -hmm. all great, mm -hmm. you know, yep. um, not not necessarily my expertise. But I do I do find myself fascinated and riveted by, you know, <laughs> exposing myself to it. I don't have a ton of experience. Uh, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Um I, and I'm not a, I'm not a subject matter expert in, you know, in, in murder, but 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 it, it still is. I, I am fascinated by our fascination with it. And and I think to kind of throw a movie reference in 
within like the like the pop culture like zeitgeist of how we do get obsessed with crime and how we get obsessed with with killers you know you you can look no further than uh natural born killers you know in the 90s or even um our fascination with bonnie and clyde and and our yeah. fascination with all these you know just how like crime shit how we've turned people like billy the kid into hero heroes and just you know so like crime is and crime and murder is something that this country is innately fascinated with and um and now obviously in the 21st century and late 20th century the whole like true crime movement where now we are getting people with law degrees and you're getting people on shows trying to break down this that and the other and looking at various angles and no matter how you slice it whether you're 19th century america in the, the wild west and 21st century what to do affluent people people are fucking horrible to each other you know, I know. Like, we're horrible it, exactly it makes me think that narcissism is the mm. default personality and like empaths and any any do-gooders th those are the outliers the the people are born narcissists i mean and it kind of makes sense in my mind anyway because because survival of the fittest and all of that so people need to be very self-serving just in order to survive and then you know you just take it a couple steps further you got ted bundy You've got oh my um, God, yeah. Jack the Ripper. You, you, you've got John Wayne Gacy or any of the, those other kooks. And Jeffrey so, Dahmer, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. But I've certainly experienced that kind of narcissism on a small... I, I have not been a victim of a, a major um, like violent crime mm, like mm -hmm. that. But just in my small world especially here in hollywood i have <laughs> i have i have my own parallel experiences where i'm like aha that's the default human condition is narcissism mm -hmm. and the, to find like a just a benevolent charitable person is is the rarity which right i i hate to be so cynical but geez working in the trenches of kids television will do that to a person Kids TV, kids and family content is brutal behind the scenes. So that's where my cynicism comes from. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a bummer, and I'm 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 sorry. I'm, I'm you know like I don't know. I don't I don't want to I don't want to end on a downer. Um, oh, oh well, it it was it, well. Let me say this: I am grateful. I am grateful for all of the victories that I've had in my career, and um, I don't know what else I would do if I wasn't doing this uh, other than acting, which was another. Well, that was the major part of the dream. But um, anyway, I, I don't want to sound like you know, poor me and a whiny baby. No, no, but, I, I didn't even remotely get that way. You know, you know, it, it's just uh, you, you think of the idea of like cartoons and, and children programming as, you know, it, it's it's perfect. And here, you know, just any anything that shatters a little bit of a, like a perception of or, or a bubble. It's always like shit, you know, like you, you, you get this mentality and then we're like, well, it's not quite that way. And nothing is ever quite that way in any in any facet. But, That's true. 
it, it, it's there is something kind of oh shit that sucks when even something that is supposed that we often think of as wholesome or innocent that there's still like sordidness that exists you know and that's that's unfortunate so but i think what you're doing is really freaking cool and <laughs> i'm extremely <laughs> extremely envious if i if i could have sonic the hedgehog or uh like a power rangers or teenage mutant ninja turtles or anything like that in my cv i'd be like i'd be hyping that shit all day <laughs> oh my goodness thank you thank you for that because i'm about to embark on a rather unpleasant zoom after this <laughs> oh no i will play that <laughs> i will play <laughs> that in my head over and over to get get me through you just but, just cue up that Eminem song that he did that dun 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 dun, and uh, just just you know like you're you're doing the good work. You're doing the good work. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, I am so grateful to you for giving me this opportunity to get on my soapbox and and just like go nuts over what really matters in this world, which is the staircase. Yes, <laughs> obviously, obviously. <Yes. laughs> Marlene, I've had such a great time chatting with you. I, you know, like this is my, this is, this is new territory for me. You know, like I usually just will like talk about a movie, like, what'd you like about it? And, but to get into this and have kind of a philosophical like question about this, this has been, this has been awesome. So thank you and shit. Anytime you want to do this and you want to come on and talk about the jinx, or if you want to talk more about the staircase, you know, um, I, I give you uh, just a, a hall pass invitation anytime because I've thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed uh, chatting with you. I love doing this podcast, meeting new people, and the fact that you're out in LA doing doing things that that quite frankly I could only dream of. I'm I'm uh, I'm impressed and I'm inspired, and I I, I want to be your friend. So come back and hang out with me some more. We're friends for life. We have definitely bonded through this this magical experience and i am happy to you you might rue the day that you invited me back because i i might stalk you <laughs> marlene how can people find you uh well my website is pinkpoodleproductions.com and i am most active on linkedin i'm a linkedin junkie and but i'm also on the other usual suspects like twitter facebook Sure. Instagram, but I'm most active on LinkedIn. It's, it's been very much uh, a help to me in my career. I've gotten, that's how I got to work with Sonic the Hedgehog was through a recruiter finding me on LinkedIn. So of course I have to be an ambassador of the, the hand that feeds me. Of so, course. Yeah. That's course. where you can find me. Well, wonderful. Marlene, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are incredible. And again, Anybody uh, does you wrong, let me know, and I will I will fight them with words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Much appreciated. <laughs> thank you. Again, thank you very much to Marlene for hopping on the show. I had a lot of fun. If you haven't seen The Staircase, it is bonkers. Just absolutely bonkers. The, the documentary available on Netflix, equally bonkers. And the story that all of this is based on is even more bonkers than that. So you got to get yourself educated. Admittedly, I'm not super well-versed when it comes to true crime stuff, but this might be kind of that gateway. If this is your intro to true crime stuff, I think you're going to be into it because I'm, I'm a little bit more curious about it. So hopefully this piqued your interest. 
As always, thank you very much for listening to the show. Please like, listen, subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a review. Review, review, review. Please leave, a re- leave us a review. Take a look at those show notes, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Stanford Cinema. Cinema.